I'm the world's worst audio engineer. I'm Spacer's Choice. I'm still here. I'm Bob Ross. And, and we're, we're the Idiot Savants. And you're listening to Crazy Train of Thought on the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Oh, You cheap piece of shit! Quit <laughs> picking up trash! Right. What is the loot box situation in this game? There are none. I'm sorry? Do you remember me? He's a, he's a buff movie buff. E. Cho. Hit record now. Check a look. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, everybody, to Crazy Train of Thought. Brought to you by the Unit Savants. I am your host, Ryan Wolf. We are live from Savant Studios. Thank you so much for joining us. We are back for a second round. We did this already. Yep, we did it already. You guys don't know that, but we did this already. We've been actually sitting here for an hour and a half, roughly. Better, Yeah. yeah, hour and a half or better. And we already recorded almost an entire episode, and the audio quality is shit, and we are not putting it out, and we are going to do it again. So, joining me today, I have... Malakam. Malakam is here. (laughs) (laughs) That was the most defeated fucking Malakam I have ever heard. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that. But I got some headphones out of it. (laughs) So, um, it was a birthday gift. Those are nice headphones. Those are nice headphones. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, Troy did really good picking them out. Did you put the receipt in the box when you bought them for him? No, I didn't put the receipt in the box, nor did I actually list who they were from. Those are from me because it was your birthday last week and we fucking missed it, The reason you got them is because he accidentally pressed buy when he looked at his Amazon cart. He's like, oh, I might as well give these to somebody. No, that wasn't (laughs) the reason. They were bought specifically for Malcolm for his birthday because we did not tell you happy birthday last week so happy birthday malcolm and we're not allowed to use that song because copyright so there you go we're done that is as much (laughs) (laughs) all right next steven steven is here first time on the podcast First time, second time. Yeah. First second time, time, second recording time. First, the podcast. first re-record yeah. that you've been a part of. <laughs> yeah. So we'll try there not we to make that a thing. Uh, and last. Colin freaking Giffy. Colin Giffy is here. Thank you for joining us this week, Colin. And um, yeah, we're just going to jump right into it, guys. We played, or rather Steven played, some Borderlands 3. I did. Let's hear it. It's uh, It's pretty great. I'm okay. uh, having a lot of fun with it. I haven't beaten it yet. I'm right around level 30. I think it's a, it's a pretty massive game. Okay. How many guns are in this game? So I know a lot, like, the stuff from Borderlands 2, they were saying, like, there's a million guns. There's one billion guns in this one. What? B- billion? One 
billion with a billion capital B. Holy billion. shit. That's like at least twice as many as in the last game. At least. <laughs> Not a math podcast. Thank you. <laughs> but that sounds like twice. <laughs> so that's a lot of guns. Yeah, they, they all have really good variety to them, too. Uh, I was using this one gun the other day that every time you empty the clip to reload it, you just throw the gun and it shoots bullets everywhere. <laughs> And then a new gun just appears in your hand, fully <laughs> reloaded. What? Uh. <laughs> it just hops up, bounces around on the ground, just shooting bullets everywhere. So it's like a gun grenade, and then reappears, and now you have a fully ro- reloaded gun? Absolutely. And there are guns that do explode like grenades <laughs> to, when you reload them. Oh my god. <laughs> That's really stupid. And I'm kind of in for that. You're kind of in for the stupid. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Get that. Yeah. There's a there's a lot of cheap humor in it, but it's pretty fun. But it lands most of the time. Most. Of the I, time. I wanted to ask you about the humor specifically because I know some of the stuff in two, that was maybe a little bit what people had a problem with in parts of that game was that the humor didn't really land in the ways that they probably intended it to. Yeah, the humor in, like, the main story, I'm not really a fan of it. They lay it on way too thick. Okay. They have a lot of good sight gags, but a lot of the writing's just kind of cheap. Okay. I gotcha. Maybe not as much thought put in there as they probably could have. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it. I mean, there's a lot of good side quests, like, uh, I don't know if you've seen The Room, but there's a Tommy Wiseau character walking around out there. My gosh. Okay. There's a Tommy Wiseau character in Borderlands 3. There is. He's a, he's a buff movie buff. I am officially <laughs> buying Borderlands 3 because it has Tommy Wiseau in it. Thank you for a retake. Why would we you, didn't get that. Why we, would you yeah. do that? What, why buy Borderlands buy... 3 because yeah. of Tommy Wiseau's in it? Yeah. Or why is Tommy Wiseau in the game? Those are both I mean... perfectly good questions. <laughs> Then yes, those are the questions that I'm asking. We'd like both um, Yes and yes, it's worth it. Hmm. Question okay. on the weapons. So can you customize weapons? I don't know if weapons? that was what you asked, but yeah. yeah, it's worth it. You can like change the skins on them and you can put little trinkets on them. It's can mostly just cosmetic. skin on a gun? Gotcha. Um, See if you can, I'm down. I mean, a lot of guns have different shooting modes. Like you can, mm-hmm. they have two like, there's sniper rifles you can like shoot as like machine guns. Okay. It's pretty wild. Would you want to do that though? Okay. <laughs> Not really. Yeah. You don't right. have much sniper ammo, so. Yeah, it's a seven <laughs> bullet clip. <laughs> All right. Here I want we a go. Gun that Reload. Says, oh, hi, Mark. Every time you shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that telling you that you missed the mark? Your mark was high it's, every time? It's the room. That's oh, okay. From that movie. <laughs> I didn't, that's, All right. It's the best worst movie ever. How, uh, so on the ammo, is it like pretty scarce? Like finding ammo within the like world, like no, it's everywhere. It's every okay, okay. Just like the guns. I mean, you'll run out, but um, you can upgrade how much ammo you can carry, and okay, there's a uh, certain like perks that will actually give you a percentage of your ammo back at, that you land on enemies. Okay. So okay, yeah. so as you kill enemies, you get a per certain certain. Yeah, there's certain perks. I mean, if you choose those, you don't have to. Okay. But is it something that you loot from those uh characters or automatically just like you walk over their dead body that you get you like added five ammo? Uh I mean they drop it. You can actually actually see it on the ground. You don't have okay. to you don't have to like push anything to pick it up. It automatically oh. picks it up yeah. for you. Same with the money. You actually 
You're the like, thing you have to pick up is like your shields or grenades and guns. Oh, and I stuff. think in the previous games you have to hold the button down and it draws all of them out. Yeah. Like a bullet, like magnet. a magnet. Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. much. Okay. Do you still have to do that? This magnet yeah. thing, or do you just walk up and it just automatically? You just walk up to it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you don't have to press any buttons for it. No, you don't have to stare down at the ground pushing X the whole time. Yeah, hold X, and you're like, it's kind of satisfying though, because you like, like you open a safe full of like full of money, like multiple stacks, and then you just hold the X and just, oh, so satisfying. <laughs> yeah. So all the money hits you, and you see your your money go up. You're like, yeah. Yeah. So have you been a fan of the Borderlands games in the past? I have. I've played them all except for the Telltale, the Tales from the Borderland game. Which that one maybe doesn't count. Yeah. Well, not it, not lore, really. Lore-wise, they didn't include it, so. <laughs> so it super doesn't count <laughs> right? now. Doesn't even exist. Yeah. Telltale doesn't exist, so that's probably why they were just like, well, get that the fuck out of here. <laughs> Sorry for all the people that worked very hard on that game. I'm sure you told an incredible story, but Randy Pitchford doesn't believe in you. So. R.I.P. 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 Telltale, not Randy Pitchford. Randy Pitchford is still alive. Just for everybody's <laughs> reference. Okay. He did not die. <laughs> that goes on Facebook. Like, yeah, he died. Yeah, yeah, I heard it on the Crazy Train of Thought <laughs> podcast. That's how we make it. I hate seeing those on Facebook. Well, somebody died, like, actually died, like, years ago, and they're like, oh, my gosh, and, like, it put, like, a news article for yeah. it, and people are like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. I'm like, he's been dead for, like, 10 years. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you guys ever remember when, like, there's been a lot of these, but there was one going around for a while that Adam Sandler died in a snowboarding accident or something. <laughs> so many, I remember the internet was freaking out for like two days and like Adam Sandler's like, dude, I'm fine. I think, uh, I don't know how recent that was, but back when like Wikipedia was first coming into prominence, oh, yeah. there was a lot of people. And I remember specifically the rapper Coolio, <laughs> Fantastic Voyages Coolio, he somebody put on Wikipedia that he died and like listed his funeral date and like who he was survived by and like really put a lot into work into plotting this yeah. fictional death of Coolio. He's just obscure enough that yeah, they actually and believe people that. were like, Oh my God. And then like and then dead. and then it's like the Mandela effect where you feel oh, yeah. he never died. Yeah. Like, yeah, I swear he died. I swear yeah, I swear he died. Yeah. So I read it on Wikipedia. <laughs> I remember the most reliable source the ever. Funeral like in video. high school, they were like, Yeah, you can cite Wikipedia as a source <laughs> for sure. One hundred percent. No, you cannot no, you can't. do that. You absolutely cannot use Wikipedia. Now, I, I did as a have source. a college professor though tell me citing Wikipedia is okay. If you are trying to say how, like, what everybody else thinks. Like, you can't say, say, this is a fact, but you can say, people this think This Wikipedia X article right. says. So. <laughs> Almost not, fact, but we're not, not 100% effect. true. Well. It's 90% With true. Trump in the White House, what's a fact anymore? Oh like, gosh. we can debate facts all day. Fuck. <laughs> all right, but Borderlands 3. Uh, how much story have you played? Um, it's kind of hard to tell, but I'd say I'm at least 60, 70% through, I think. Okay. All right. So it's not really like a percentage bar in the menu or anything. You're just like kind of guessing. Yeah. You just kind of keep going from quest to quest. Okay. Have you been playing with anybody or, cause I know it's kind of a co-op type game. I haven't. I, uh. Actually, just bought Xbox Live the other day, so I I can now. Right. But uh, no, I haven't yet. I've I've done it in the past. Me and my girlfriend used to play Borderlands Two a lot together, but this one she hasn't played with me yet. Okay, mm. gotcha. So, 
Have you been playing on Twitch at all? I understand. I read an article, something about there being some sort of integration with Twitch. No, I, I don't really stream anything, but I was watching somebody play the other day, and uh, they have this feature where you can actually, the viewers can affect the game by either putting in these pinatas that are full of loot, or they can like level up the bad guys or add badass enemies, which uh, was just frustrating for the guy playing. Like, is that like a mode you have to turn on, or can that just happen to anybody? I think you have to allow it, because what was it? Because uh, <laughs> I'm like a noob, I'm like level one, I'm versus a level 40 right, monster, right. like, what the heck? It's like, uh, they're, it's called Echo Cast, um, Echo Cast has to be enabled, you link like a, like a gear account with your Twitch account, and you're able to... Have that. You're supposed to be able to get like 63% was the figure on the website, more viewers. Um, so for their Twitch streams, but. Well, that's pretty cool. I mean, they've tried things like this in games before. I know there was that can Fallout uh, Legends or Legacy, Fallout Legacy, or not Fallout, sorry, Fable Legends, I think it was called. It was like uh, there was a dungeon master and four people would play through it. And the dungeon master would be able to control, like, the traps and stuff that got put into the the match for the people playing through. So they've tried asynchronous multiplayer stuff like this before, but it seems like this almost seems like a Jackbox kind of deal where the actual viewers can get involved versus being specific to any, like, co-op stuff, like, you're not playing with them, but they are affecting your gameplay. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a specific event. It's called Badass Viewer Event. <laughs> like, literally, that's what they call it. And then there's a pinata event, like, um, other features. Ooh, let's see. So what do you mean it's a specific event? Like, it has to that's... be activated on Gearbox's end, or...? What I mean by event is that that's what the player or the viewer inserts into the like game. I don't okay. think it's a I don't think it's a specific game mode or stream that you enter in. I think at any point they can add these different Okay. Like if you have it enabled. Right. Okay. And echo cast. All right. That makes sense. Or eco cast. Eco cast. I bet it's well, okay, what's the spelling, Malcolm? E cho. Okay, so it is Echo Cast. Oh, okay. <laughs> Echo. Echo. Wow. That's my favorite letter. Cho. <laughs> Speller of the year. You won, Malcolm. There wouldn't have been no fucking eight-way tie if you were on there. You'd been the I, goddamn champion. I didn't even make it. <laughs> yeah, they are doing this uh, Bloody Harvest event right now, which is pretty cool. You have to go around and like hunt ghosts, and they have this... like. Halloween specific map they added that you go through and they have like special loot for that and stuff. It was, I mean, it was free. Okay. So well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Now with the like special loot and stuff like that, what is the loot box situation in this game? There are none. I'm sorry. There are zero loot boxes sorry. in this game. That, uh, how, I, mu how much was it? $60. I have not been prompted once to Does spend it make money. you pay over $100? Yeah, there's not. I mean, it's not a math podcast, but that doesn't add up. It's a $60 game. No loot boxes? Zero loot boxes. All uh, you have to pay for is just the DLC, pretty much. So you just, you're just paying for the thing that you want? It's weird, right? 
That is weird. That's crazy. I mean, I've never heard of that before. For this generation, we haven't gotten any of that. And we've been fucked by loot boxes and random chance. Well, loot for lack of a better term. So no loot boxes. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, there's no gambling in this game. So, I, yeah, okay, it is boy. definitely gambling. So I think that Gearbox made a good decision there because prior to Borderlands 3, they did not have a lot of uh, fan goodwill saved up. Like they kind of depleted whatever they had stored up with Borderlands 2 because they released that shitty Battleborn game that fucking died on the vine that I think went free to play and then they finally canned it after that. And then there was that Aliens game that sucked as well. Space Marine, I think that was called. And they haven't put out a game in a little while. Yeah, it's it's been a while. Um, yeah, but they, they did write on this one. I've been liking it a lot. So where does, like, how does the story... Um, without getting into spoilers, how does the story connect with the previous games? Uh, I mean, they're all pretty much just about opening these vaults that are full of these wonderful treasures or weapons. Uh, this one takes place seven years after the second one. Which is the same amount of time IRL since the last one came out. So that's kind of cool. That is cool. Um, yeah, you'll, you run into old characters from the previous games that you run into old playable characters from the previous games, which is pretty cool. Okay. So there are new characters to play in this one. Yeah. There's four new vault hunters. Um, they always have a siren, which they pretty much have magical powers in this. There's a gunner that their special like ability is they can get into like a mechanized suit okay um there's an android beast hunter or beast master that uh can bring one of three pets along with him that levels up the same way you do there's another guy that he can create clones of himself and he has a drone that he can use to attack people okay that's pretty cool there's a good amount of variety there all right and what character have you been playing as uh flack the beast master it's uh i'm playing solo so i mean Having that pet there is kind of like having a extra buffer in between bad guys. You would have a second player or something. Right, right. And the pet, does the pet level up or? Yeah, as you uh, fill out your skill tree, um, it'll unlock certain um, evolutions for the pet. Like it starts as, like I picked the skag, which is kind of like a dog. Okay. Um, And then it levels up into a... Iridian Skag, and it's, like, covered in all these rocks, and it, like, creates a singularity if you use its special ability that, like, draws enemy towards enemies towards it, and you can just blast them away. That's pretty cool. I think my biggest problem with Borderlands when I tried to play the first ones was the gameplay primarily. Like, some of the humor, like Claptrap in 2, I think he's in 2, uh, he's fine, like kind of annoying, I guess, but some of that, screechy. yeah, some of that landed. Okay. I had a couple giggles, but the gameplay is what didn't really do it for me. Cause it felt too floaty for the most part. What, like, how do the controls feel in this game? Does it feel like it plays like another borderlands or kind of feels like it does feel like a borderlands, but they've definitely improved pretty much every aspect of it. They do have this, uh, you kind of have to parkour in some situations, which is okay. kind of weird first person, especially because a lot of them, they'll put it pretty close to the edge of the map and 
if you fall off the edge of the map, I mean, they respawn you, but you lose like 10% of your money. So it's kind of frustrating having yeah. to jump around and keep if you keep falling and stuff. But everything else runs a lot tighter and smoother than previous installments. Okay. Graphics. I mean, there's still still the same type of shading in the graphics, but the details are a lot better now. Because the last game that was that was last gen, right? That was 360. That's correct. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it has been a long time since a Borderlands game came. I out. mean, the pre sequel came out after Borderlands Two. Okay. So. So there was that one, but that wasn't obviously that was a, a prequel, correct? Yeah. Story wise, yeah, anyway. Between one and two, story wise. Okay. And that, that did come to this generation of consoles, correct? That was Xbox One, PS4? I think that was still last gen. Okay. Because I know you could get them all in that like handsome Jack collection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That they, they ported to the this generation. Okay. And they've they've been selling. I think it was one of the ones that made for cheap. both. Was it? I think it was. Right yeah, along the, the transition. Yeah. yeah, sometimes they were they do both every once in a while. Um go ahead, Malcolm. Uh so they have a thing going on right now. It's a photo mode contest. Uh you could win a trip to Gearbox. Did you know that, Steven? I did not, but Okay. You're not gonna stop me now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> stop me so now. here's the thing, you gotta this is how you enter. Uh you got till November eleventh. Post your most mayhem-filled photo mode on Twitter or Instagram using the hashtags Borderlands3, hashtag contest. And then they'll select it, and then there's 10 winners. Grand prize winner. Okay, ready? You get to meet Gearbox in Texas. Sweet. It's not... Is that a person? No, it's not a person. That's why... (laughs) That's what I was going to say. Not a person. Dev team. Yeah, that's what it says, dev team. <laughs> okay. Did I not say it right? I mean, he said you get to meet Gearbox. First like, name Gear, Like his Box. name. <laughs> that's not his name? That is not his name. <laughs> oh. Well, you get to go to Texas. Okay. It's better. I'm sure it's warmer. Than my, it is. my recommendation for this contest is that you take a picture of a single shell casing on the ground and hashtag it stop the violence. And just see, see with if the you other get it. two. <laughs> with I mean, the other two. That's a message for the world. I like oh my that. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Make it more peaceful game. Yeah. So then you get the Borderlands Three Collector's Edition, which so you get the game that you already bought. <laughs> that's great. Uh, poster pack signed by the dev team. I'm sure you could just get that there. Uh, gun with. Legs model. Oh, I thought it was just gun. They, <laughs> just a that's gun. Just <laughs> gun, gun. Legs model. Oh, that's one or one prize. Yeah, you don't get a gun with a model's legs, is what I heard. <laughs> then there's the uh, three, like a lamp from a Christmas story. Yeah, with the lamp. But it's just dual legs. <laughs> there's just a gun taped to it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Then there's the three elite swag pack winners. Oh, oh hell oh, yeah. Oh yeah, swag what? pack. Gotta love me the swag packs. Okay, so the only difference is, is that you don't get to go to Texas. You what? Get everything oh, that was mentioned before. The only difference. You don't get to go to Texas. <laughs> but I wanted to meet Gearbox. Yeah, you get to meet Gearbox. <laughs> Are they coming to me? Like, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that's the only thing. And the elite swag pack, you don't get that. And apparently you get a t-shirt. 
You know, I'm starting to think that the grand prize winner got gypped. They didn't even get a t-shirt. You know, if you were... <laughs> they got a, a, they get another like, copy of the game that they already bought. No t-shirt. And no t-shirt. Do they get the gun lamp, though? Yeah, they get okay. that. Like the... Gun legs. The sorry. gun leg lamp. Yeah. Gun legs model lamp. <laughs> All you got to do for us is leave a review on Apple Podcasts and we'll give you a sticker. And then... Yep. Jeez, oh, Pete's even the swag pack winners. All they get is... The po so the swag pack winners they don't get the second game that they've already bought so they miss out on that and uh, they do not get the gun legs model. Okay, so they've basically replaced loot boxes with this stupid photo contest. This is like when you read the back of a cereal box and you're oh. like, but I probably won't win. Like even if I send this thing in, I probably won't win the prize pack, but. But maybe there was some other stuff that I was reading on there that the viewers on those streams, like if somebody does enable the uh, Echo uh, cast, that Echo um, cast, Echo cast. Yeah. <laughs> At any rate, so for those viewers, they have a twenty-five percent chance of earning loot uh, that gets sent to them in game via their uh, was it Shift account or something? Yeah, Shift. Yeah. It was a shift account. So they can earn loot without actually playing the game? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool, yeah. Yeah. They're just, you know, in the game, like, adding crap, you know, to that right stream. So uh, also, like, for the listeners that are, you know, entering this photo contest, okay? Yeah. Steven, I know you're really big on this, okay? You can access it by pausing the game, select photo mode, okay? That's all you got to do. Oh, wow. It's that uh, easy. Yes, that easy. And then make sure that you... It says pro tip. Toggle UI. Not sure what toggle means, but you got to toggle it. <laughs> this uh, hides the camera controls before you take the photo. And they say unless you want to incorporate those into your photo. Boy, that was definitely necessary information. I'm so glad you No, we that. want them to have a good chance at winning this. We Okay, okay yep. Yep, listeners, tell us if you win this thing. I want to hear the swaggiest of swag stories. We'll get stories. you on the podcast. We'll get you on the podcast. Let me know if you get to go to Gearbox and meet Randy Pitchford. I have and some bring questions. Bring a voice for recorder him. with you. <laughs> yeah, bring a voice we'll recorder. We'll tell you what to say. <laughs> we need some a, answers. <laughs> there is a disclaimer, because I know we got a listener, lot of listeners in Quebec. Um, uh, Quebec. Que- Quebec. You guys are not included in that. I do <laughs> Wait, is it just, just Quebec? People? It's just can- Canada excluding Quebec. Damn. Yeah, so we do apologize. Actually, I don't even what po- I don't care. That was my decision. Why, though? So I- <laughs> <laughs> Am I the only one that's like wondering, like, why? Huh? We will be uh, right back with some more Outer Worlds, everybody. But, Steven, you're going to head out. I am. Since it's a re-recording. Yep. Sorry, man. Nah, it's okay. Not a problem. <laughs> All right. I think we should insert a little bit of the previous clip into this, just so people know what it sounds like. Yeah, let's... We'll do that. I don't know when we'll do it, but we'll do just that. give a good five seconds of droid army yeah. sound. Sorry yeah. about that, everybody. Okay. <laughs> Bye, Steven. Bye, Bye everybody. Steven. Thanks for having Game me. Game over. What? I don't know. Cut that out. <laughs> All right, and we're back from break, everybody. Thank you for being patient with us. We are going to jump right into some Outer Worlds chat. 
I understand, um, Malcolm, you've been playing a little bit more of it. We had a good chat about it last week, uh, but I, you got some more details uh, for us about the story and a little bit of end game stuff. No, no spoilers, obviously, but, uh, what do you got? Um, let's see here. Actually. Okay. Yeah. So I finished my first game playthrough, uh, about uh, a couple days ago, okay. took about 15 hours, mainly main quest. Uh, not too many side missions there. So you finished your first playthrough in about 15 hours. Yeah. No side quest stuff, really. Right. Yeah, there was a little bit in the beginning that maybe, like, cut uh, an hour or two out. And were you playing on easy mode, as well, they Sam have, would say? It, no, there was, like, a story mode, and then the level above that one, that's the one... That I played on. The default, I think, is yeah. like the recommended playthrough first time or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But the game will let you start on the hardest difficulty right from the beginning if you want to. Right. Because if you're a masochist, then you would probably do that. But uh, yeah. Did you play on the hardest difficulty? No. Okay. Uh, not the first playthrough. Okay. I decided to go back through and do a second playthrough. I'm only a couple hours in and I have done the... Uh, Opted for the Supernova. Supernova. That's yeah. what it was called. Yeah. So and what are the details? What, like, what makes it harder? Uh, so with Supernova, obviously there's increased uh, like damage that uh, enemies dish out. And then also it takes more to be able to kill the enemies. The thing that's also in the like hard difficulty. But what Supernova does is then it adds also the fact that you can only sleep on your ship. You can only save your game on the ship. There's certain limited auto saves. And uh, it also introduces the fact that you got to make sure that you're eating, drinking, and sleeping. So, okay. So how is that depicted on the screen? Like, is there a bar that says, hey, your hunger meter is at 2%? Like a Minecraft hunger meter? Or, well, I don't know. No, don't like, so what it but... does is it just flashes a... Uh, display on there that just says, hey, you're getting thirsty. Like, Okay, so there's not a bar ticking down or like taking up UI space. Not that I was paying that much attention to it. Okay. Um, so I'll, I'd have to look into that. I, I'm not 100, you know, if there was like an actual meter. I know that the little like default thing that for the, like the weapons management, how it set and it gave you like a brief description of that. Okay. Um, so, and I probably should have read more about that, but... Uh, at any rate, so there's that. Your companions actually can die permanently. Why? Well, so I saw that in the description of Supernova, and like, as I've been playing through the game, I think, and I only have uh, Poverty as my first companion, but she's went down during battles like 19 fucking times. Yeah. So would she have died 19 fucking times? Uh, in that game? No, like, uh, in Supernova? Yeah. I'm pretty sure once they die, like, you're... Like, no, no, that's what I'm asking, like, every time they go down in combat, and, like, she wasn't moving, I didn't see a way to revive her, would she just be dead? Oh, uh, no, so, like, in those, like, because you played on just standard level? Yeah, Like, yeah. they come back. Well, I know, on standard level they come back, but that's what I'm asking, on Supernova... If they went down in battle, is that it? Or is there some type of, like, down but not out mechanic? Or, like, because it seemed like that. she was pretty fragile. And I put decent armor on her. 
But, yeah. You can't put Marauder uniform on her. Oh. Yeah. Why not? Dude, that's not good armor. Well, I'll have to rethink. Go rethink back my to the vending decision. machine and get her some decent, <laughs> gosh dang armor. You cheap piece of shit. Quit <laughs> picking up trash. Right. That's no, trash armor. Have you? Did you wear Marauder armor at all during your play? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I got it on right now. Like that's what I'm wearing. Oh, good. Anyways, <laughs> like, but did you see the difference in how the people like interact with you when you wear different? You know, like oh armor. no no I mean I really yeah that's like so the first playthrough I remember an Edgewater I didn't take off that initial space uh, uniform and the second playthrough uh, one of the first things I did was grab a Marauders uniform and throw that on the first person I talked to in Edgewater was like Phew. like dude get away from me. like what are you like they were it completely changed like the storyline and limited like your right. You know, where that same person was like a side quest. Wow. Yeah. That's bizarre. Yeah. That like the just the clothes that you're wearing have that huge of an effect on gameplay. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so there was that. Um, also, just the uh, supernova. Like there's different. So there's a lot more strategy, like because you have all those different things you got to balance okay. in there. So because the enemies dish out more uh damage and it takes longer to kill them uh-huh. there was also uh a part in the beginning there where the first playthrough you just went through and wrecked those marauders uh the second one you actually had to sneak around them like i probably played that section like 10 times before i was like okay i'm just gonna sneak past them to get to my ship okay. uh, because you could not do it and the worst part is because there's limited auto saves it starts you all the way back at where your pod landed. Holy shit. Which is all right. But, you know, talking to that Spacer's Choice guy at the beginning five times, like the first one, because I was recording everything. Yeah. Listened to all the dialogue and the conversations. The next nine times, like, just skipped. He was like, dip, 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 dip. <laughs> Spacer's Choice. accurate. Spacer's yeah. Choice. Got it. <laughs> so... So what do you mean by more strategic, like getting to that spot? Like, are you trying to sneak around? Are you doing melee kills? Like, what what exactly? So I, I tried a couple different things. I restarted completely, uh, boosted up the uh, melee on my character's attributes, like okay. in the beginning there where you're, you know, being selected. Right. Um, and because uh, I wanted to see, okay, is it just because I spread out my points across so many different things and uh no i like boosted up the melee and then tried to be in sneak mode and then whack them with the you know one-handed melee and it uh didn't do like anything i still got wrecked like as soon as they started opening fire on you like it's different you can't just go in there guns blazing i'm hoping that by taking my time through the second playthrough and doing all the side quests and building up those experience uh, points that I can get to a point where I can go through and wreck them. Right. Uh, but I'm not there yet. So okay. on Supernova. Because uh, that was pretty cool in the first playthrough. Like I loaded up that tactical shotgun mm-hmm. where like those rapto- uh, raptodons or whatever that you got to kill in, you know, the lizard-like creatures. Oh, yeah. 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 So like when I would go into TDS, uh, tactical dilation. The time dilation mode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, uh, pointed at their head 
blasting them point blank uh, when they weren't uh, expecting it sent like some of them like flying like across the like map. It was pretty cool. And then all in slow motion, like seeing that. So I changed my controls for left bumper to be jump. Uh huh. So when you're hitting, you were like miming the left bumper, and I'm like, what the fuck? Why is he? What is he jumping for? Because <laughs> mine's A on my controller. Oh no, it's right bumper. What is left bumper? Left bumper's uh, what is? Well, left? I have left bumper as jump on yeah. my game. So left bumper isn't. Uh... No, I think it's right bumper for the time dilation. Okay. Well, mine's still different because mine's A. Okay. For sure. Pretty cool. Like, uh, it's... Now, how punishing is the food and drink mechanic slash sleep mechanic? So, you say you played through the first part of the game and you tried sneak, sneaking past the guys that are first around the ship at the beginning... You obviously don't have really any food during that time, and you don't have any drink that you could accrue. Well, uh, surprisingly, because of those uh, function or like those aspects of the game, like playing a part, you start to find stuff like that you didn't notice in the first playthrough. Okay, because you didn't really care, like uh, lock picks too, like finding those uh, lock Mag locks. Yep. Yeah. Um, like I made sure to like scope out. Like that beginning area where the spacer's choice guy is, um, to be able to uh, unlock the next part of the map, like to be able to get like certain weapons, because anything at this point is going to be helpful to you. Whether it's just scrapping your loot that you get out of those like unlockables, like or if you do, e even if you just break it down to be repair parts, so that way you don't have to spend any money. You can spend money on like food or whatever. Right. And so it's, it's kind of neat that, uh, you, you have to actually like think about like the choices that you're making in this game. Like, um, I kind of started off doing a side quest, which I really shouldn't cause I actually need to get the ship up and running in the second playthrough. Cause you can only sleep on your ship and I've already gotten a notification for sleep deprived. And I remember that main quest mission to get that generator uh, thing it takes a minute yeah it's a so, long quest yeah so it's like <laughs> i have a feeling i'm gonna be seeing more of that unless <laughs> i run into a place where i can purchase a uh, bed for the night right. to be able to sleep right but i don't know if i'm allowed to sleep there yeah, sure. anywhere else like there might not be an option for that yeah right since it's in supernova so damn yeah it's uh really neat um hopefully sam does play it because i think he'll really like like the um playing Sekiro and like that game and how challenging it is it's similar to that but also more interested in the story yeah uh Sekiro not like you know it's kind of hard to follow and it's kind of dry and the dialogue like there's not too much of um that dialogue right for the shinobi warrior but one, one thing i noticed while i was playing i just fired it up briefly yesterday and played for a couple hours but I had accrued some loot, I guess, like clothing. Mm -hmm. One of them gave me plus five on my lockpick, and the other gave me plus five to all the technical skills, or like whatever whatever classifies the sneaking skills. Maybe it's sneaking skills. So one was plus five lockpick, one was plus five sneaking. Now, when you combine those together, now you have plus ten lockpick, essentially, mm -hmm. bonus to your character. And I have been putting on those two pieces of clothing for every door that I unlock because not only does it boost my skills up, 
it since my skills are higher, it takes less lock picks for unlocking the doors. Right. Yeah. So that was really cool because on this door that I would have blown four lock picks on, I put on that clothing and boom, it's one lock pick. And those are kind of hard to come by, I've noticed. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not a huge amount of them just sitting in the world. No, there's not. And and then also, too, like, you got to make sure that you keep up on your armor and your weapons. Yeah. Uh, because as they uh, start to wear and they take damage or whatever, they become less effective. Okay. So I'm not sure if it works to the same degree as, like, you know, as you're at 80% now, you only have four four plus and lock pick right as it starts right to, right i see or, what you're saying yeah. yeah or but for weapons it does like if your weapons aren't up to 100 percent, like they you inflict uh, less damage so since you've played more of this game than i have one of my questions at the beginning is like there are mods for your weapons and for your armor yeah now when you first put a mod on a weapon and i put a mod on my assault rifle that gave it shock damage mm-hmm how sparingly should I be using those mods? Like, is does it really matter? Am I going to bank a huge amount of them? Like, can I throw a couple of them away to try them? I don't know. I don't want to use them. I have like nine right now. So, like, I collected a bunch of those in the first game playthrough and main mess, like, main questing yeah. a lot of that. And there was a bunch of them. Okay. I don't know if that decreases as you go up in difficulty. Maybe there's less sure. elements or, you know, available things. But it seems like you can kind of, and it's, I think it's pretty generic. It's like either fire, damage, shock, and then uh, plasma. Yeah. As like your main like damage types okay. uh, that can be applied to a weapon. And then like extended magazine as another one uh only on certain weapons there's certain you know features that you can do you can also like customize like your uh companions weapons too and you can also uh assign perk points for those uh characters as well as they start to level as you level up they level up um you can switch their uh armor and you know clothes i mean we mentioned that already but yeah um there's just a lot of different you know things like you can uh, bring certain people that you know along with you that obviously boost interactions with people in the area two more questions here malcolm i know you got to get out of here okay the sneaking mechanic yeah i have found to be more difficult than say like a fallout or a an oblivion or a skyrim in that like one i can't seem to get into a location where people can't see me or or sense me because I, I don't know where the indicator is. You had mentioned that the two bars on the side of your cursor in sneak mode, that's mm-hmm. whether or not somebody senses you. Yeah, like if the, but okay, so when you're in the tall grass, like a dark shadow circle forms around like your whole screen. And that okay. means you're unseen. Oh, all um, right. There's also a item in, there's a circle that, those little like parentheses, basically. Yes. Yeah, that's what I'm talking Inside about. Inside there, when you hi- are highlighted on an actual character, like it'll be highlighted if you're aiming at them or like looking, and that indicates that they can't see you. Okay, so if it's at least from what I saw, like there there was a circle inside those parentheses that was highlighted. If you're in tall grass or weeds, that's where 
like it darkens Shrouds the whole screen yeah okay well maybe i'll just have to play with it a little bit more it it didn't seem as obvious as like say uh skyrim's eye like mm-hmm. or oblivion's eye like duh if the eyes open they can see you if the eyes close you're good right so i found i found it a little bit finicky my last thing here before you get out of here i have a question about companions in the first world because mm-hmm. i ran across what was seemed to me like it could be a companion and i'm sure there are a limited number of companions in the game because they're all very like poverty is well written mm-hmm. and the game so far is really well written and there's only so much work you can do there but uh it was a girl with purple hair hiding out in a marauder camp and i killed everybody except her and she was like hey i'm not a marauder don't kill me and we had a very short conversation and it seemed like maybe she could be a companion. I did not have her. You did not have her? Okay. Yeah. I don't know if she can or not. I didn't look it up. Uh, as I was like, I don't want to be spoiled, but also like I don't want to lose out on this companion if there's something that I need to do. So It, it might be like your dialogue, like points need to be higher. Okay. Because if your dialogue is different or you know what I'm saying, your intelligence and your yeah. leadership, like it affects you know obviously your conversations that you can have right but maybe it also affects how many companions you can actually bring on there's a limit of six okay on your ship i only came across four in my first playthrough right so but i also didn't explore all the side missions so and i'm sure some of them come from that yep okay i do gotta go okay all right um (laughs) we are going to take a break we'll be back colin and i are going to be back to talk about some GTFO. Say goodbye, Malcolm. Bye. Bye, Malcolm. Adios, Malcolm. All right, listeners, we have a new podcast to promo this week. We are going to hear from the Super Super Media Bros podcast. We've chatted with these guys a bunch on Twitter. They are pretty funny, pretty awesome. Like a nice, chill podcast to just listen to. They used our uh our podcoin promo in their episode where they did a funeral for podcoin yeah it was fucking that was great hilarious. yeah it's fucking great they uh used us as like an on location report for the death of podcoin <laughs> <laughs> and the way they introed it was was fucking brilliant so mm. uh without further ado here are the guys from the super media bros podcast I'm Midnight Agent Raw. And I'm Okami. We are the Super Media Bros Podcast. Each week, we give a comedically informative take on movies, music, television, video games, and much more. Put your shades on and listen to all episodes on SuperMediaBrosPodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yeah, shades on, we're off. All right, thank you to the Super Media Bros for letting us listen to their little promo there. Uh, so check those guys out on any podcast app you guys use. Uh, but we are going to get into a game that Colin and I have played called GTFO. Malcolm also played it, but he's gone. So it's just going to be me and Colin for this particular segment. And... GTFO is a game coming out probably later this year made by the 10 Chambers Collective little indie dev studio. I think they are based in 
Sweden, if I'm not Sweden? mistaken. Really? Wow. I think so. That's cool, though. Not 100% sure. But uh, the game has recently been featured on IGN, and they did a little bit of a game playthrough mm-hmm. kind of deal. Like first 15 minutes. First it, 15 yeah. minutes, yeah. And so we were hoping to get these guys on and interview them about GTFO, and they really wanted us to play the game before they came on and talked about it. So we've been chatting with these guys all year about them coming on the show, but they finally put out their alpha, and we managed to score an invite. So Colin and I played GTFO last week sometime, yeah, last, last Friday. And uh, so we wanted to tell you guys about like what that game is even about. So why don't you go ahead and start us off, Colin? Um, It's kind of uh, the first premise of it, like the first idea I got with it is a survival horror. Then as I started playing it, and I feel that scary. I mean, that could just be me, but for some people it's probably horrifying. But uh, basically what happens is, well, first you get in the loadout screen, and it seems like you're almost in like this 80s retro computer intro. Like, yeah. It seems, it's like it's pretty cool, and it says what's it says initializing. It, uh, it has this little printout of like uh, health status of a mm-hmm. prisoner. Yeah. And then it says... Um, Fit for active duty, no, and then override, override, and yep. then initiate prisoner or something like that. Yep. And that's like starting the game. You're mm-hmm. initiating your character to go into yeah. this. Uh, it, it almost reminds me of like what's the movie Gamer? I think with uh, we brought it up before. <laughs> we brought it before. And I never what, watched it. That, but that's what Gerard what Butler? it reminds me of. Yeah. yeah. Whereas like you're playing a character in this world. Where uh, and, and when it starts, like the initialization process is like you're picking a character to mm-hmm. play as. Yeah. While you're picking your character, it comes up with like what four or five different weapon selections. Yeah. So there's four four weapon tiers. Yeah. And then multiple weapons in each of those tiers. Yeah. So there's a primary, a secondary, a tool, and a melee. And a melee weapon. And yeah, those are the weapon. four they throw you into the match with. Now when we played. Are the alpha mm-hmm. there was no unlocking any of that stuff like yeah, it was just there, there just got to play it but there was like an assault rifle a, an lmg and a single shot rifle mm-hmm. and i think there was maybe even a pistol you a, could play revolver, with yeah i saw that oh yeah revolver and then the tools is like a foam launcher for slowing attacking enemies mm-hmm. down there was a enemy tracker that yeah, you could use as a tool mm-hmm. And then just a, a selection of melee weapons like a sledgehammer, yeah. gavel. I another tool is like sentry gun, and I think there's another one. Oh, yeah, one. sentry gun. Uh, I'm not sure what the other one is. I can't remember. It seemed but. like at least four different weapons on each of those tiers. Yeah, in each of the tiers, yeah. So uh, when when we played, we played through Steam, and you could only play with your Steam friends. So like mm-hmm. the second time... You and I played, Colin. You were waiting for your PC to update, so I went ahead and jumped into the game uh, just by myself. Yeah. And prior to that playthrough, because they extended the alpha out, so the first time we played, it was like, okay, let's just not die. Yeah. But that was kind of the opposite of the way we should have played. So the first time through, it was like, okay, let's sneak past all the enemies and our playthrough, quote yeah. unquote, was basically us just sneaking around yeah. the world. Which it says at the beginning of the game, before you start, it says, uh, don't move when their hearts beat. So when we first jumped in, we loaded in and then we started walking straight forward. And then we came into this room with like a door on each side. And uh, there was like three or four different enemies. And you see them. They're called sleepers. And some of them are sitting. Some of them are standing. 
but they like do this weird breathing motion like we're like because they're sleeping and whenever they inhale they kind of start to glow a little bit and if you move around the time that they glow like if you take one step uh, they're like they'll start to pulse and i'm assuming that's when their heart beats yeah and if you keep moving during that time you'll wake them up and they'll attack you and that's the, basically the first thing we discovered yeah our only objective at that point was let's get to another room and explore a little bit and not wake them up because yeah we woke them up a few times and we kept dying and what we found during the exploration process is not the stuff that we were supposed to find so the very first objective is like okay they uh you pick your character you pick your loadout and then you get put into a cutscene of your character getting loaded into a machine mm-hmm. and th- being thrown into a underground base, basically. Yeah. So you fall, 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 and that falling is the game loading, kind of like the elevator loading scenes from Mass Effect or the elevator loading scenes from Dead Space. But I kind of like those. Mm-hmm. Like It just makes me feel like I'm more engrossed in what that world is doing. And gets away from like okay well here's just a loading screen and i don't really and there's no loading screens really at all in the game it's all buried behind stuff and so your characters get thrown into this prison i guess for lack of a better word and and your objective is to find a dna sample from another person that's on one of these levels Mm -hmm. and from the selection screen it seemed like there were going to be more levels to explore yeah but during the alpha we only had the one to explore because it said find hydrostasis unit that's located in this one area and it says use information around you basically yeah to find more information about it and it's like what can we use around us in the environment to find it and then we came across a computer terminal like the the third or fourth playthrough. Yeah, we, we missed we it the first two times. It. We're yeah. in the like, so I wasn't sure when we first played like how much of the map changes, mm-hmm. and because the placement of the enemies is randomized when you first load into the yeah. level, but the level itself more or less does not change. There are the location of the terminal and the location of the doors is static. But the stuff that you can find in the level seems to be a little bit randomized. Yeah. And because sometimes there's lockers in certain playthroughs and there's those lockers aren't there in different playthroughs. The thing that you have to find, it says find HSU 612. Mm -hmm. So the thing that we missed in our first playthrough was like you need to go to the computer terminal and and query or ping the HSU 612. Mm -hmm. You need to type into the computer terminal query HSU underscore 612. Mm -hmm or whatever it happens to yeah. be and then figure out where that's at like what level what that's level on mm-hmm. and the when we were playing the first time through you were like let's go left because we we haven't gone left we've only gone right and we've only explored what's to the right and i was like no no we're going right let's keep going right and i was wrong because <laughs> you immediately go left and that's how you find if you just keep sticking left in the map, because a lot of it's pretty dark, mm-hmm. but uh, in the particular level instance that we were on, you find the doorway that's locked, and that's how you find out what key, what card, key you card you need. need. Mm-hmm. So you need to go to the computer terminal, ping that key card, and ping the unit that you're trying to find, the HS, the hydrostasis unit that you're trying to find. Mm-hmm. Which and is past then, the locked door. Which is past the locked door. Yeah. Correct. Uh, in all of the playthroughs that we landed on. So you might start on 12, you might start on 10. 
I think it's randomized. You start on 12 every time. Is it 12 yeah. every time? Okay. So you can either go up or down in the level count. So yeah. level 10, level 11, or 13, 14, 15, 16. 16. Yeah. So level we were trying to get to was 16, but we had to go into level 10 or level 11 to find the key to card. Find the key card, ping it, and then yeah, and then get the key card to go back to that door that was on the left at the start, and then that gives you access to doors 13, 14, 15, 16. Our so levels, I mean. What we, what we ran into in our playthrough was like, okay, finally we've progressed far enough through these levels. We've explored level 11. We found the key card, and we got through that door, but then an alarm buzz rang and we weren't expecting that. Yeah. And then we died immediately. And there are multiple enemy types in the game. So, and you've got to use your ammo in really smart ways. So it's, this game is similar to, I would say it's like a, a mix of between uh, left for dead and zombies, but not as arcadey as either of those. Yeah. So it's a co-op survival game in that you are, you and your friends, your Steam friends, up to three or up to four players total. So you and three friends have to explore this level together. And the goal would be to take multiple weapon types and uh, multiple tools going through the levels because you need to use those at different times. Yep. So with four people, which is the maximum, you can have one of every type of weapon and every type of tool as you're going through the level. Yeah. And that's a pretty good idea because that way you're prepped for every situation. Mm -hmm. So when we were playing through with Malcolm, uh, we didn't, we weren't really prepped for the situations and we didn't have enough ammo when we got attacked. So we just died. So I think playing with four people would be the way to go. Yeah. But you'd, but you'd have to be communicating. So yeah. it says at the beginning of the game, like, Hey, make sure you are playing and communicating. Cause that's what this type of game is. Mm -hmm. And we didn't, I mean, me and you communicated, but we couldn't hear Malcolm yeah, or tell a, him what to do. Phone. Yeah. <laughs> we just talked to him on a phone call. I was like, well, all right, I guess we'll just do our best. Yeah, do our best. <laughs> but uh, when I watched the IGN uh, gameplay of it, they played like the first 15 minutes of it, and they had four people. Okay. And they seemed to be communicating very well on what to do. <laughs> and the bio tracker that you have, the one tool, we were using it because there's this one enemy that has like basically tentacles that reach out horizontally a good like i would say 15 20 feet oh yeah 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 it's, and if so it touches like, you it feels you and then it attacks you and you will most likely die what i discovered is like what we used it for is we would ping that guy because he actually walks around and then his feelers come out every like i'd say every 10 15 seconds they reach right. out so we wanted to track him to make sure that he wasn't near us and then he decides to reach out and feel us and then we die so ryan used his bio tracker to ping him while i went out and did other stuff to make sure that he didn't follow us or or try to attack us unexpectedly and when i watched that gameplay i figured out that we were also using the bio tracker there's a little more use to it when you load it up before you even like ping enemies if you look at it there's a little small screen on it that has little white circles i saw the white circles and the white circles know. is where enemies are where every bio creature is. It shows you oh, where all the creatures are. Okay. So, like, before we even go into a room, like, the guy in IGN was like, okay, there's five of them in this room before we even went in. Oh, the my tracker God. Showed him. Yeah, I know. I noticed that this morning when I watched it. And I was like, oh, we missed that. 
Why, well, like, so when you first start the game in our playthrough, like, we had no fucking idea. There's no tooltips. There's just that vague direction at the beginning saying, hey, do this thing. Yeah. And this tracks people or tracks creatures. Like, yeah. Okay. okay like, sure. Like, I don't know cool. why you'd want to do that. Like, mm -hmm. and even in our first couple playthroughs, I didn't pick the bio tracker as the thing, as my tool, mm -hmm. because. I, I was like, why would that be useful? None of these enemies move. And then we made it into level 11, one of those playthroughs. And I was like, oh, fuck, this one's moving. Yeah. And so that's why you would want to be able to ping enemies. And and it would be easier, you know, to do that, like scan the room beforehand, like the guy on IGN did. And I'm sure he had tips from the developer of like how to play through. Yeah. But I thought I thought it was kind of cool in order to just figure that stuff out. Like I had, yeah. I know it was a little bit nerve wracking for you, but I had fun like, okay, let's just beat our heads against this yeah. and progress our way through this game and yeah. figure it out. Like that was fun. Uh, the not knowing part. Yeah. When we first played through though, like I was fine. Like I was a cool game, but as we kept playing it, I got so frustrated. I'm like, we're doing the same thing. Not finding our objective like we didn't even figure out where that door was because ryan didn't want to go left right so like i was frustrated i'm like dude i literally know we need to go left i can't explain it to ryan anymore he's so sad on going right yeah because that's where the terminal's at and i'm like all right i'm just gonna and then we just kept playing and i was like yep. well that's it and then the beta reopened and then i explained to him more thoroughly and more calmly about hey, what we should shit. do. Yeah, basically, <laughs> Ryan, we need to go left. Can't you see that as we're going right, the levels are going down? It says we need to find 16. As we go right, we're going from 12 to 11 to 10 to 9. It doesn't seem like we're going the right okay, direction. Okay, look, when you go to the right, there are stairs that lead up that go to a level that, that go to level 11. So that doesn't add up. I wasn't sure. I didn't know that we were starting on 12 every time. Mm -hmm. So when well, I you, see 11, if you, if you like, put, well, if fuck, you press tab, know. you can see on the map that we're on 412. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm not good at pressing tab. <laughs> <laughs> did you also change your run button from left shift to something else? I did. And I don't know what the run yeah, button is. Because I, I died and you were away from keyboard and... <laughs> I had to take over your computer to make sure you didn't die, and I was trying to run, and I'm like, "What's the hell is this run button?" I don't I'm know. sitting here pressing left shift, and it's not doing anything. I don't know Sticky the keys is, is popping up. Yeah, I'm like, "What is going on?" Sorry. So yeah, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm particularly adept at PC games, anyways. Mm -hmm. But I thought we managed to do a serviceable job. So uh, just for the listeners, like when we are when you first load up the game, if you just start shooting shit, you're gonna die. Yep. Like there's not. The point isn't to shoot things. It's not that style of game. You need to. It's not a running gun, for sure. Right. It's not a running gun. You stealth. need to sneak through, stealth, use your tools, and uh, communicate. Communicate yeah, to make one. it through these levels. And it was a little bit unfortunate when we got to that, when we got the key card, we got to that door because we only happened to do that one time. Like that was the furthest we And we didn't made even it. get through the door. Like we used the key card and then it was like scanning security. So it's like this big giant circle and it says all players must be present. Right. So then we stood in the circle and then a, a prompt popped up on my screen, like the, the alarm was about to be set off. Yeah. I was like, oh, and then what? there was Why? a there was like a trail that we could see on our screen. Yeah, it says get it says get to the neck the security circle or yeah. whatever. Yeah, another and circle like, and it's like and okay. that was it says to shut off the security alarm. But the security alarm literally woke up all the enemies. Yep. And yep. then we ended up dying because we couldn't defend ourselves. There's only two of us. And like you said, we need kind of everybody and more weapons, more ammo. Yeah. And 
We just didn't survive it. And then that was the furthest we ever got. We didn't get past the door no. that we were supposed to. And that was a little bit uh, irritating, especially because we're like, okay, we know what to do. We don't really know what to do about the security door, but we've gotten that far. And then we kept trying to get at it again. And then Malcolm joined us and we kept yeah. trying to get there and just had loading issues. And, yeah. and we just ended up not getting past that part. But I did watch a little bit more on IGN. They got past that door. Not really sure how. I just kind of skipped through it. Okay. I should have watched that part. But uh, they go into the f- this room and it's like super foggy. And that's where the tools start being more useful. Okay. Such as, like, I think there's one that's like uses as like fog. Yeah, there's yeah, a fog there's machine a fog, or whatever. A fog machine that like gets rid of fog around you. And they started using that. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, this is where that's useful. Because you literally can't see one foot in front of you. Wow. Yeah. And then so you have to use a bio tracker to figure where enemies are. Okay. So, I gotcha. So it's a really... Like, it is a really different game from games that I normally play. Yeah. And I thought it was a cool idea for them to specifically, like, make it so difficult. Like, with the enemy health and uh, the firefights that you get into, the limited ammo. And there are things that you can pick up in the game that will help you with that. So... When you get to the command console, you can ping and list every thing, like every box and crate and openable locker that's in the game. Yeah. And it'll just ping that for whatever levels are available for you to go to. So there's tons of shit to be picking up. Yeah. But you can only hold so much ammo and you can only hold so many med packs. Yeah, you can only hold med packs or ammo packs or glow sticks right like, right that slot is like you can't have multiple things in that slot it can only yeah. be one thing and it's, so and it's like we didn't play the game enough to really understand what we should really have in each of our slots yeah so we might have been able to survive a couple more firefights had one of us picked up an ammo pack yeah but like we didn't really need it because you have full ammo and if you get in a firefight we're fucked anyways mm-hmm. so why carry well a- it tells you the percentages of the ammo that you have left basically oh, like yeah, yeah. your assault rifle you start at like 68% so it's not even full oh ammo. okay and then like my shotgun only starts with 11 bullets that's it right I'm like that's not nearly enough no. there's six enemies in this room and then if they start coming after us more from other rooms start coming and that's more than 11 enemies and the shotgun is not a one shot kill right sometimes it, i mean the the like seems like the weaker sleepers you shoot them in the head usually it's a one shot kill then you got the big fellas yeah oh. so we ran into at least i'd say at least 3 maybe 4, three, four enemy types enemies, yeah. and uh some of them have i noticed on one of the playthroughs some of them have like it, they almost look like stranger things Demi-dogs, yeah, and yeah. demigorgons where their heads open up and like they have these lick of tongues that yeah, they spray, spray out and, some of them and shoot, it hits you. Some of them shoot like almost like these fireballs. Yeah, like not, a glowy like a fireball orb. thing yeah, at like a, you and it doesn't move very fast. Yeah. You can dodge it, but I don't know if it tracks you. So it, I found it difficult to determine which of those enemies we were going to run into. Like, just based on their physical characteristics, that's really the only way to tell the differences between the enemies when they start attacking you. And at that at that point, with them attacking you, I, f- I was like, well, I don't have time to pay attention to what's shooting me. Yeah. I just need to fucking kill it. Burn it with fire. <laughs> Burn like, it with fire. Fuck. 
But uh, yeah, we had a good time with with GTFO, and it's a really cool game. Yeah, I plan on I'll probably get the game when it's released. Yeah, I especially don't... if it do, they said if it does well, it'll probably go to console. Now if, the if, that's true. Yeah, if they were, that's what I read on Steam anyway, because somebody asked on the Steam uh, community, they're like, "Hey, is this will this be released to console?" And like, if it does well on PC, that is the hope for the future that it will come to console. And I think that'll be cool, something to see at next gen, maybe. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. Um, and I would love to play it with a controller because obviously I'm fucking terrible with a mouse and keyboard, like serviceable at best. Plus, it'd be me. nice for the Xbox party. Like, there's no in-game oh, voice yeah. chat. That's too. true. That's for the true. game, they said they prefer to use Discord. Yep. Which I don't know why we didn't do that with Malcolm. Does he have Discord? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Never so, but it wouldn't have worked anyway. We would have yeah. had to all get headsets and yeah, like. I mean, I had mine, but yeah, I would have had to <laughs> use go your find... mic volume. Use your mic. Uh. On your PC, yeah, your laptop mic, yeah, that's great. Hey, hey, listen, hey, listen. So, yeah, GTFO, super cool, yeah, super and cool I, game. I really look forward to getting those guys on the show to talk mm-hmm. to them about the, the pod or their game. I mean, getting yeah. them on the podcast to talk about their game. Yeah. So hopefully they're still down for that. Yeah. And I'd uh, be down like if when we do get the full release, we can play it again. Try to get yeah. a good get a couple other guys to play, get a full on even gameplay of it like we record it gameplay video for the podcast we want to uh just try to play through it and beat it yeah it seems like a pretty big game though and it seems like before you go in it shows different levels basically Mm -hmm. and it says c1 but as you scroll through there's like a multiple list and i'm assuming which is c3 c2 c3 c4 right and it even says there's only one experience that you can access right now in the alpha. Yeah. So I'm assuming when the game full game gets released, it's going to be at least five different instances that. You yeah, can do. I would I would posit that as yeah. well somewhere around there, mm-hmm. like different levels to explore, because obviously enemy placement being random matters, but also like if the level were set up differently, like maybe you start in a fog area in yeah. one of them. I can see why they wouldn't want to start you there. Yeah. Like if that happens to be the case for the other levels. Because it was definitely like, dump you in here, fucking figure this out, and good luck. It's like a maze almost. Yeah. It's kind of, it's cool though. I enjoyed it. Um, Yeah, I'm excited for the full release. I don't know when that'll be. Probably, I mean, sometime within the next year, I would say. Um, Yeah, their their website, if you go to gtfothegame.com, still says release date 2019. Oh, really? So we are quickly running out of dates in 2019. (laughs) But... uh, yeah, if you want to be part of the next alpha, if they run another test or whatever, you can go to gtfothegame.com and uh, sign up there. I don't know if they'll let more people in yeah. or if they'll just keep it kind and then of you a invite four thing. people, and then those that one of those four people can invite more. People? I think so. I never. Yeah, I never figured tra- I never out tried what to do the, the yeah what the invite to invite kind of thing was doing. So yeah, hopefully we can get those guys on the show. Uh, but we're gonna. Take a break here, and Colin and I will be right back with some news. All right, welcome back from break, everybody. And uh, we are going to jump in to what time is it, Colin? News time. It's breaking news with the Idiot Savants. Fucking A. Okay, so (laughs) our first bit of news comes to us from Polygon. YouTuber Faze Jarvis has been banned yep. from Fortnite. I saw that. Was it because of the botting? Yeah. Yep. 
So he's kind of <laughs> you get a what you deserve, shit. dude. Like, come on. So he I don't says, have no sympathy for that. He's been permanently banned from playing Fortnite after uploading videos where he uses cheating software to kill enemies. Known as aimbots, Jarvis used the accuracy modifications to gain an advantage in non-competitive modes. He used it while he was streaming. Such solos, such as solos. Oh, like that's the game of playing solo and going against. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he used. He used aimbots. The now deleted footage that seems to have gotten Jarvis deleted. in trouble shows him never missing a shot, all while admitting he's using cheats to do so. Oh my god. <laughs> so not only were you using cheats, you were doing being stupid with it. Yes. Oh man. Yes. Yeah, so he uh he released a video on his he? YouTube channel. Does it say how old he is? It doesn't say. No. He looks pretty young like in these 16, pictures. 17. So in his video where he announces his ban from the game, Jarvis Jarvis seems emotional as he recounts that his professional career is tied to the Battle Royale game. I have been the video is titled I've been banned from Fortnite. I'm sorry. Yeah, I saw that and I didn't click on it. It was on trending. I think it was number one or number two on trending on YouTube. <laughs> what I didn't, the fuck? I didn't pay attention. Yeah, it's pretty dumb. Yeah, that's pretty dumb. Poor guy, I guess. No, I'm just kidding. You get what you deserve. You use <laughs> yeah. cheats for freaking Fortnite. Right. I mean, Obviously, I, I, like, if I play it, I kind of want to use cheats too because I'm stuck, but it's fine. So he says, all I was thinking about as I was making these videos was just how entertaining and interesting the, these videos would be for you guys to watch. It didn't even cross my mind to think oh. that I could be banned for life. How did that not come across your mind from when you're Fortnite? Cheating? Oh my gosh. Like, but I get on, on one side, like he's not playing competitively. He's making this as entertainment and not as like, look how badass I am. But there's other people making bets and if they can survive or not, and then he's sitting there using aimbot cheats. Right. You know? Right. That kind of so, sucks. The Fortnite Terms of Service note that the game forbids the use of cheats, bots, scripts, or mods not expressly authorized by Epic, or especially anything that may give you and or other users advantage over other players who do not use such methods. So the popular YouTuber, the Fortnite guy, calls it unfair. And the argument against this decision is that it seems absurd that a player using cheats in non-competitive contacts would get a lifetime ban, while professional no. players who cheated in an actual tournament only got a temporary ban. How and then they cheat? Was it, I, they're talking about that one guy that was screen peeking. I think That's so. different than using aimbot. I, I agree 100% because the aimbot is like an automatic thing. Yeah, if you played Modern Warfare 2, go hunt. If, if any of you guys have Modern Warfare 2, download it, boot it up. Play one multiplayer match. Oh, it's Just fucked. Go ahead. Go ahead. It, it is fucked. I guarantee you'll die as soon as you spawn, and if you look at the kill cam, you'll just see somebody just randomly shooting, just shooting anywhere, and yeah. then it'll hit you. Like, it just, you're not going to You're talking about the backwards compatible yeah. version of Modern Warfare 2. Yeah. Yeah, that game is super it's fucked broke. up. It's broke. And it's broken as hell. And like, World at War isn't even that bad, and that came out before <laughs> Modern Warfare 2, and it's not even that broke. Uh, so uh, Epic Games, Polygon reached out to Epic Games for comment and uh, Epic says, we have a zero tolerance policy for the usage of cheat software. When people use aimbots and or other cheating technologies to gain an unfair advantage, they ruin games for people who are playing fairly. Yeah. And I 100% agree with that. Like, yeah. like get, entertainment value or not, you can't, you can't go into a bank and have your buddy film you robbing it and then be like, oh, I, it was just, I was just joking. It was for entertainment. I'm getting this on my YouTube channel. I do think a lifetime ban is a little 
A little much. It's so it's Dude, harsh, but also it, like give it ten years. I believe Fortnite will not even be right. It doesn't like lifetime ban, whatever. Yeah. Lifetime ban ain't gonna be nothing. You're, yeah, there's gonna be another game by then. Like that's like, oh, you're banned from Modern Warfare One. Yeah, it's been ten years basically since then. Yeah, a little over. I wouldn't years. play it now, anyways. Who plays like, it? Whatever. Now? Like yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like that's a a bummer for him, but also like doesn't really matter. Yeah. I agree that we are maybe winding down on the popularity of the Fortnite of the Fortnites uh, fork knife so he was part of the uh the official phase clan and evidently they did not respond before the publication of this article to Polygon they also reached out to them for uh a comment and they didn't yeah. say anything i mean they're not really in control of that i mean like right. you're in a clan all you got to do is like do whatever the clan requires you yeah. to do yeah yeah like play this certain amount of time or mm-hmm. or do at this, these certain do times this good get right. these kind of stats that's all they really require you to do rather than i don't think they're going to monitor if you're cheating or not i mean i don't think that's even up to them right that's, that's Fortnite's job and, right to monitor yeah. that so you must screen record every time you play like no yeah i don't know i it's a bummer that he can't play this now but obviously if this guy has two million followers on youtube like just play something else yeah, dude. People clearly want to watch you play. It's a bummer play you can't warfare. play what is maybe your favorite game uh, online anymore, but there's still that other mode in Fortnite. You don't have to... You fucking activate your aimbots for that. Like, yeah, it doesn't fucking matter. Go ahead. Whatever. There's more than PvP in Fortnite. Uh, next bit of news. This comes to us from IGN. Super Smash Brothers Ultimate is the best-selling fighting video game ever. 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 I guess that makes sense. I mean, like, oh, Mortal Kombat, though. Mortal Kombat, Street Tekken, Fighter, Tekken, Soul Calibur. There's a lot of fighting video game franchises, and Smash Brothers has beat them all. So this says it has also become the best-selling fighting game series with over 53 million units sold. Now, wow. that's fucking crazy if you consider it has only ever been on a Nintendo platform. That is crazy. Smash Brothers Ultimate for Nintendo Switch has sold over 15.7 million copies, officially passing Street Fighter 2's 15.5 to become the best-selling fighting game of all time. Makes sense, man. Smash Bros. is a wonderful game. Originally, plays it. Street Fighter 2 originally launched in 1991, but seven unique versions of that game were released. So that helped it become the best-selling. I, mean, I get why, like 100%. I mean, Street Fighter, it's you got another combos, right? But right, Smash Bros. You can play competitively, just play, or yep. you can just play with your family. You know, like yeah. it's, if it's a good party game, like it's kind of an all-around great game for family and for competitiveness. Yeah. So makes sense as to why. So this says Smash Brothers Ultimate, which released December 7th of 2018, sold over 11 million copies in its first three weeks. Jeez, dude. That's fucking crazy. And what, the top was like 15.2 is what you said for Street Fighter 2? Yeah, 15.5 and 15.7 is now the new record for Smash Brothers. And I didn't even get Smash Brothers. Like, I still might buy that this Mm -hmm. year. If it ends up on some I have type it, but of I haven't, sale. I haven't booted it up in a while, but I definitely bought it. I mean, yeah. I'll play it when if people come over. Hey, you guys want to play Smash Brothers? Yeah. yeah what's it? Pretty cool game. Wanna Smash? Yeah. I, I like Smash Brothers quite a bit. I have definitely played several iterations of that game. Mm-hmm. Um, so it says, in comparison, total sales for Tekken, Dragon Ball, Street Fighter, and Mortal Kombat are all between 45 million to 47 million. 
So I guess you could count Dragon Ball as a fighting game yeah. franchise. I kind of forgot about that one. But uh, I've heard the Dragon Ball games are good. I haven't played them, though. Yeah. Yeah. What about Pokémon Tournament, huh? Uh, that's not on here. <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, so, Pokémon's a fighting game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's not. No, it's not. Probably not. It's more of a catching game. Mm-hmm. That's what they want you to think. <laughs> For me, it's not. So I'm going to beat all these trainers. I'm the best. Congratulations to Smash Brothers. Excellent work. Excellent work, Smash Brothers. So uh, next bit of news here. This comes to us from uh, Kotaku. They are saying Australia allows some Fallout 76 refunds after consumers were misled. <laughs> so this stems off of all the Fallout 76 oh, no. shit. That we've been talking oh, about no. for weeks and months since its release late last year. The Australian Competition and Consumer Commission, a government body that basically looks after consumer rights in the country, announced today that some refunds will be handed out for purchases of Fallout 76 after ruling that Bethesda was likely to have con- contravened. Contravened? I don't know what word that yeah, is. I've never heard the of Australian word. consumer law. So I guess trying to skirt the law, basically. The ruling technically against Bethesda's parrot company, Zenimax, came after folks buying Fallout 76 complained that they were actually weren't actually able to play the game and that it had problems with the servers, lagging, graphic, and visual problems. Um I thought it was just because of the the subscription single player thing. Nope. No, this is this strictly is, because of the way the game plays. Yes. Mm. Or the way it specifically launched evidently yeah. would be my take on this. And they asked for a refund only to be told by Bethesda that they weren't entitled to one under Australian consumer law. They were, they were entitled to a refund, uh, something that Zenimax now admits. And as a result, anyone who asked for one between November 24th, 2018 and July 1st, 2019 can now receive it. Of Anybody course, or just Australia? Anyone in Australia okay. who asked for a refund. So okay. you have to have asked for a refund between those times and you are now entitled to one. So evidently after June 1st, whatever problems the game had must have gotten worked out. And they no longer How would are you entitled know to a refund. Ask for a refund, like you go to GameStop. I don't know if there is GameStop in Australia, but you go up to the hey, I need a refund. So we don't offer refunds. Well, then- I assume you'd have to have some sort of written uh, correspondence oh, yeah, between you and Bethesda that says, not- "Hey, oh, maybe. I asked for a refund. Here's my proof." And but how would you have proof of asking for a refund? That's what I'm it was saying. It's like an email chat between Maybe. the, con, you know, them I'm and saying Bethesda. like if you try to return the game in person. Well, you're... Well, you can give the game back at GameStop, but they just don't give you a full refund. Correct? I don't know. I don't know if they... they I don't know about what, what happens if they try to do it in person. Hmm. So again, let's see not, if I'm that sure is a lot of people here. didn't buy the disc. Is there even a disc for it? Well, yeah, there's a... I mean, they, they released that game okay. on disc... So this says, of course, anyone asking for a refund will also no longer be entitled to access and play the game. Um, The ACCC commissioner, Sarah Court, says that the decision says of of the decision when a consumer buys a product, it be it 
comes with automatic consumer guarantees and retailers must ensure their refunds and returns policy do not misrepresent what the Australian consumer law provides. So I clicked on the details here and I just want to see if this is physical copies, digital copies. So Australian consumers had no entitlement to any refunds from ZeniMax uh, for Fallout 76 games purchased through the Bethesda store, which had been downloaded, and or Australian consumers had no entitlement to any refunds for from ZeniMax for Fallout 76 games purchased from third-party retailers. So it looks like either or, you either bought it from Bethesda digitally or through third-party sources. Okay. Doesn't really seem to matter either way. And I, I don't know how they would know unless you had some type of written correspondence that says one way or the other. So you would give your game back to, say, GameStop if you did buy it from them, and then ZeniMax would then send you money? I'm not sure how that uh, would you'd have work to. So, so this is through the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission website. So I would hazard to guess you have to go through this website in order to in file order to for file your refund. refund. Okay. Now, it's probably not like a a GameStop thing or a... It's probably you send the game back yourself. Right, right. Yeah. Like you have to go through this channel Break in it. order to get through. Yeah, yeah. Scratch the fuck out of it. Car <laughs> fuck you into the top of it. Never buy another Fallout game again. Have you played Fallout 76 yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Do you enjoy yeah. it? Um, well, when they when E3 came around, they released the Nuclear Winter update. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have played that at all, no. but basically puts Battle Royale mode into Fallout 76. Okay. Now, I don't like the way that game plays just in general, but in the uh, in the Battle Royale mode, it's surprisingly fun. Like that is maybe the way that game is intended to play instead of the bullshit radiant repeat quest that they make you do in the main game. Yeah, I've heard about that. And the the uh, Fallout 76 Battle Royale is cool. Like, the weapon variety is huge. You can find power armor scattered throughout the map. There's a, a storm that closes down, like, all Battle Royale yeah. modes. And, yeah, I thought it was fun. I had fun playing it. I didn't play it a huge amount, but I thought, like, wow, I if I played Fallout 76, this might be the way to play it. So, next bit of news here. This comes to us from Polygon. Uh, good guy Obsidian responds to Outer Worlds fan in the best way. So, uh, this is this is kind of a long story, a little bit longer of a story than we usually bring up on the the podcast. But I thought this was interesting, and we've talked a lot about the Outer Worlds and talked specifically about Obsidian having made one of the only games that like they made a game that people want to play, which seems like big box studios are not necessarily doing anymore like EA and Activision. And, yeah. um, you know, people had some problems with gears five and, and it seemed like Sony was only making these single player experiences for consumers yeah. and for gamers. But obsidian has broke that mold and made a game that people want to play. So this says, the, um, over 20 years ago, a teen was looking forward to the release of Fallout 2. One problem, however, he could not afford the game, and based on a conversation with his parents, the prospects of getting it for Christmas seemed grim. 
So he did what any desperate fan might do at that time, and he contacted the, contacted the developer Black Isle directly. The gambit worked to his surprise, and famed developer Fergus Urquhart himself responded with a free copy of the role-playing game. Hmm, uh, in awesome. a twist, the fan did get Fallout 2 for Christmas, and he ended up with two copies. <laughs> <laughs> and he wasn't even sure the game he wasn't even sure the game could run on his computer, which was hardly top of the line. He ended up giving the extra copy to a neighbor who also played the game. So fast forward to 2019, Black Isle is no more, and some of the biggest names behind the story developer are now at Obsidian, the developer behind the newly released Outer Worlds. As a joke, the fan, who goes by the name Tuxedo Jack on Reddit, decided to try his luck once more. <laughs> this time, Tuxedo Jack noted that he was excited to play the game and was bummed to have to wait a year for the game to stop being exclusive on the Epic Games Store. Which is not actually true, because you can download and play it from the Windows Store as yeah. well. It's just not on Steam. So, I don't necessarily agree with his gripe there. But, uh... It was all in jest, however, and he had actually already bought a copy of The Outer Worlds, so it was just a joke. Like He was just kidding. He, he always ends uh, up with two copies. Yeah, so he wasn't <laughs> expecting a response at all. He opened a support ticket for the game through Obsidian, and the, obtain the uh, support ticket was obtained by Polygon, and it reads um, basically the full story that we just told, and he says... I have to wait a fucking year for it for the game to not be exclusive on the Epic Store. Dude, this sucks. I've invested thousands of dollars in my Steam library, and I really don't want to have to download the Epic Launcher. Please don't make me. Mr. Yurkark, if you repay my debt, if I repay my debt to you from 1998, can we somehow reduce that exclusivity weight? I can PayPal you immediately for Fallout 2. Plus interest from the last 21 years. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. So uh, not only did he get a response, but Yurkhart got involved once more. Uh, Obsidian confirmed to Polygon. Tuxedo Jack forwarded a copy of the email to Polygon where a customer support representative says they shared the anecdote with the powers that be. Uh, it, it reads... Hi, John. Thank you for reaching out to us. So I talked to Fergus, and he asked me to respond with this. Hey, John. That is amazing that you remember that, and I'm glad that you did. I think I'm going to help you out again, quote-unquote. Here's a key to the Epic Game Store for The Outer Worlds. I'm not saying this is a challenge or anything, but what will you do? So That's awesome. The answer, as it turns out, was to give the code out on Reddit, which is really nice of him since he already bought it, where the thread sharing story went viral. There has been some pushback on the forum. Tuxedo Jack tells Polygon that he just wanted to see if anybody at Obsidian remembered it from 1998. And, like, Epic Game Store stuff I aside. I imagine like, that discovery, though. They're like, who is this guy? Right. And then, Hey, like, Fergus! Like, you remember this motherfucker? Yeah, like, and, like... Like, where are they reading? Like, who's reading this? Like, how did it even know. get to the upper guys? You know what I I'm don't saying? Know. Like, like the developer, obviously, they're getting a lot of, like, emails and, oh, and I'm stuff sure. from these I'm people. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and and then they find this one and, and like, it automatically goes up to upper Well, you've got to, like, they, I'm sure that they had to pass this up the chain, right? Yeah. Like, the customer oh, service. Oh, I remember this. Hey. Boop. Yeah, hey, I remember this. The hey. customer service rep, I'm sure, wasn't specifically, like, walked knocked on the door to the office yeah. like hey you know 
I'm sure they got a lot of people that work over there, but fuck, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe it's like yeah. 12 people. Maybe. Like, fuck, maybe they did walk over and knock on his door. Like, I don't know. It's hard to say. Either I know. Said, hey, I talked to Fergus. <laughs> yeah. That's like, legit. We just had lunch and. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I just thought this was cool enough to to share on the podcast. Definitely cool of, of Obsidian to remember that kind of a thing. And the gripe about the Epic Store stuff aside, it's, yeah. a, it's a cool story. I wonder if uh, people are just going to start doing that now and thinking they can get a copy. <laughs> Do you like, remember How many me? support tickets are going to be filed now? Jeez. Right, right. <laughs> Do you remember me? <laughs> Fucking A. I think this will be our last bit of news. We're going to... This is also another Polygon article. Rare Pikachu card sells for over $200,000. After bidding war. Why would you want that for $200,000? No, because it's so rare. Who has the money to do that, and why are they not spending their money on better things? Right. Should have bought That's the other worlds. That's what I want to know. Or give it to charity. Two potential buyers started, <laughs> a, started a bidding war on the Pokemon card, which hiked up the price by thousands. So, on October 23rd, Weiss Auctions opened bidding on a super rare Pokemon card, the Japanese Illustrator Pikachu, a promotional card created as a contest prize in 1998. The card was never commercially available, which is what makes it so rare. Only 39 were handed out to contest winners. Phil Weiss, a collectibles expert and owner of Weiss Auctions, knew the card was worth a lot. Ten of the Illustrator cards had been rated by the PSA, a certification company that grades cards. This particular card is a PSA 9, the closest to perfect a card could get without a 10 rating. Okay. Uh, why Why was it not perfect? Yeah. So I don't want to know. Weiss told me that the same card with the same rating sold at auction for around $50,000 a few years back. Other cards have sold for higher on, uh, at online auctions. And this Pikachu card, however, went a lot higher to uh, one hundred ninety-five thousand dollars at the end of the ha- at the end of the buzzer. I was stunned it went that high. Why said? Um, so yeah, this is fucking bonkers. Is so bonkers. two of them bidded back and forth until it was one hundred ninety-five thousand dollars, with the buyer's premium at over a hundred or sorry two hundred twenty thousand dollars for the real card. The buyer's premium is paid to the auction house, so he paid one hundred ninety-five thousand dollars for the card itself, and then another twenty-five thousand dollars on top of that to the auction house. Wow, and. IGN, which first first reported on the sale, this is uh, says that they set a new record. This is the highest price Pokemon card ever sold. I think the last one we talked about on the show was the fifty five thousand dollar Charizard card. Yeah, and that was a few months ago. This is it's Pikachu. I mean, I stupid. get it. I mean, but still, that is pretty dumb. I don't know who'd want to spend that amount of money on that and not use it for better things. Right. Like, right. This buy a nice car. Nope, buy nope, a Pokemon nope. card. You could have bought a Lambo. Yeah. And now you can't like, because you spent it on a Did they buy it because they think they can sell it for more? How much more? You know? So Weiss is not able to uh, share details regarding the seller, but noted the person fits within the generation that grew up with Pokemon. Okay. Understandable. Uh, but it's not just Pokemon and Star Wars, of course. Weiss pointed out other auction... Pointed to another auction, a set of early Magic the Gathering cards that sold for a combined 
thousand dollars. Why among the cards? <laughs> one seller or just total? I think one seller. Jeez, I mean, uh, one, I mean one buyer among the cards. Oh yeah, sorry, one buyer. I think among uh, among the cards it says here was an Alpha Black Lotus rated an eight point five, which is the most sought after Magic the Gather- Gathering card out there. Another rated nine point five, sold on eBay for one hundred and sixty six thousand by itself. That's insane. So they got a steal. This is a whole set of Magic the Gathering cards for six oh eight, when a singular card sold for one sixty six. Yeah. We should have bought it. The resale value on that. A lot of people throw these out. Weiss added, I just came from an estate where very casually a lady said, oh, I have these silly magic cards in the original boxes and someone came over and gave me a lot of money for them. I asked what a lot of money was and it was probably a tenth what they should have been going for. Wow. So I don't have any magic cards. I was never into magic, but yeah, my buddy I have some people that play it. Yeah, my buddy Spencer played it all the time with uh with some of his neighbors when we were kids. It's an and expensive uh, investment. That's true, but also you could make a shit ton of money from it reselling the cards. Reselling yeah. the cards. So, I uh I think we can pretty much call it for this Pitter-patter, episode. Pitter patter, let's get out of. Pitter patter, let's get out of here. All right, everybody, I think it's time to get out of here. I'd like to thank Colin for being on the episode yeah. today. Malcolm was on earlier. Steven was on earlier. I think we had a, a pretty good episode. Yeah, I'd say a pretty a good A crazy episode. train of thought today brought to you by the Idiot Savants. So uh, we are going to ride out to some new music this week. We are super excited to feature the song Adrift by synthwave artist Starfarer from, the 2018 self, from their 2018 self-titled album. Uh, like last week's artist, this song is spacey and like I like a lot of the, the back and forth noises mm-hmm. and uh, it kind of sounds like Stranger Things intro music just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, just a little bit. It reminds me of it for sure. And it has like mystery and a great drum beat once mm-hmm. that starts to kick in. And we hope you like it as much as we do. And you can check out this song and everybody else we have featured on the Crazy Train of Thought featured playlist on Spotify, which I will put in the show notes. And you can find Starfarer at Starfarer Music on Twitter and at Starfarer on Instagram. You'll also find them on Spotify and the links will be in the show notes of this episode. We are also on Spotify if you want to check us out on there. Our social media links will be in the episode description as well. You can check a look at our website, crazytrainofthought.com. You can find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash theidiotsavants. You can email us at theidiotsavants at outlook.com. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, we will take all forms of feedback. If you like what we're doing, don't like what we're doing, let us know. And... If you would leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, if you like what you heard, and even if you didn't, I will take all forms of criticism. And you will get a sticker. And you will get a sticker. I forgot about that. Let us know if you leave a review on iTunes, and we can hook you up with a Crazy Train of Thought sticker found on our Instagram page if you want to check those out. They're fucking sweet. They are. Okay? They're fucking sweet. So... Lastly, listeners, you can find our video podcasts on our YouTube channel. We should probably stop promoting that until we are able to do the videos. Yep. We record every one of these, and we're like weeks behind. We're fucking morons. 
and we're just busy. It's all good. We're just we're busy. busy. We're so sorry. So I'm gonna get out of here now and uh, work on our episode 100 video, and then maybe I can have that up by the end of the day. So we're oh like my legit three episodes behind. Um, so thank you, and we're out of here. off folks did you see this ryan what? i don't know if you should make the news or not but anti-vax mom says she gave out lollipops tainted with chicken pox for halloween <sighs> is it fake news no it's true i actually i read it the other day and people are sharing on facebook right now she did what she her child had chicken pox so she tainted all the halloween candy with her child's chicken pox because because she doesn't believe in vaccines What the fuck is wrong with people? I don't know, dude.